0: So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.
1: I remember, you know, getting the call that he was in the hospital and, you know, went to go see him and, you know, it wasn't looking very good for him.
0: Every son longs to have a good relationship with his dad. Sometimes, though, as many, including myself, can attest, it doesn't always happen. Now, take that pain and imagine trying to run a shop together. That's the exact situation that my guest, Vale Arthur, experienced. For years, Vale and his dad painfully struggled in their relationship and with their shop. Vale was diligent, though, in his pursuit of building the shop into something great and at the same time trying to redeem the story of himself and his father. This is a very powerful episode. So stay tuned. An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top-performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high-converting Google ads, traffic-driving social media posts, and more reach them by text or call at 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count.
1: Vale, welcome to the show. Thank you, Thomas.
0: Really happy to have you, man. Uh, Vale, you've got a really powerful story about working with family in your shop. There are a lot of parent-sibling teams in auto repair, a lot of father-son teams in auto repair, and those relationships can be rocky sometimes. And so I really am excited to unpack your story because I think it gives uh, some really important information and hope on how to handle some of those difficult situations that come up. So um, I'm really excited, man. Uh, for those that don't know you, Vale, who are you?
1: Well... Hi, I'm 34 years old. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Um, I've owned the shop for 13 years now, and we opened up a second shop last year in November. Um, We did a million dollars last year out of our shop, um, our existing shop, and we're on track to do a million out of each store this year with uh, five employees in each shop. And we're doing about 170 cars a month. And I've got five employees at one shop and six at the other shop, um, plus me.
0: That's awesome, man. Eh? Congratulations. It sounds like you've got a great setup. Thank you. Yeah, man. So uh, I know that when we were talking before, You know, that's not always been the case You know, where things were, were going smoothly. Um, so I'd like to dive into that. I know that you're a second-generation shop owner. Uh, your dad started the shop. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. What was it like uh, when he started out the shop when did you start working for him and, and let's kind of unpack what it was like in the beginning?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I started coming down to the shop in 2004. Um, hadn't seen my dad for a number of years. Um, you know, after a bad divorce and, and struggles, um, he started his own shop and I started coming come down there hanging out with him. Um, didn't really know much about cars at all. Um, you know, I, I was kind of known for hanging out with my hands in my pockets. And uh, just just learning cars and getting comfortable with um, doing small jobs and and um, starting to get more involved. Um, I quit my job at one point in time and just went in full time with him and we moved to a new location and we spent a lot of time trying to earn customer's business, and grow the shop, and you know, get this new location to take off. And there was a lot of struggles throughout that time where we struggled to pay the bills, and struggled to get customers in the door. Um, but we both worked really hard at it, and over time with word of mouth and, and doing a good job for people, um, we started to get a lot of traction, and the new shop ended up being really successful um, we hired some employees and it, uh, it really was taking off. And in 2009, my dad had a, a heart attack. And I I remember, you know, getting the call that he was in the hospital and, you know, went to go see him and, you know, it wasn't looking very good for him. He, uh, he definitely struggled with some drugs and some alcohol problems um, and kind of was just catching up with him. And it sounded like he wasn't going to be able to work and, you know, maybe wasn't going to live very much longer. And up to that time, we, we really put everything we had into it. And I feel like I didn't know everything I needed to know. Um, but he asked me to, to take over, you know, there wasn't anybody else to do it. Um, and it didn't sound like he was going to be able to do it anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I think I took the weekend off and, you know, took a day off in there and, you know, I went into the shop and, and opened it up and kind of just did what I could and started to develop more experience and more skills and take care of the customers that we were getting in the door. So
0: uh, tell us a little bit more about in the beginning, you know, you're working with your dad who you didn't have, you know, it a, a, sounds like a, a good relationship with you. You hadn't seen him in a while. What was it like when you first started working for him uh, and spending more time with him? What was that like?
1: It was, It was difficult. You know, we weren't very close. Um, I hadn't seen him for a number of years. Um, we went through a a pretty rough divorce um when I was twelve. And at this point I was sixteen, going on seventeen and just starting to, you know, build a relationship back up with him and learn how he was doing business and you know, learn more about him and, you know, meet his, his girlfriend and his friends and customers. Um, we, we got along pretty well, but, you know, I wasn't there late every night and I, I don't think I saw the extent of what was going on until I started to get more experience and get more serious about working in the shop. And, you know, we definitely started to clash when we opened up this new shop and i of course wanted to see things run the way i expected a professional business to run and he you know had his way of you know kind of doing things his way maybe a little bit you know loosey-goosey and um not everything on the up and up and you know i was raised to be honest to my faults and we definitely were not the same people and we definitely had very different beliefs and that really caused us to, um, to have some disagreements pretty often. Um, we had some, uh, you know, arguments like, like, um, you know, the motorcycle guys on TV. I mean, it, it was really bad. You know, I used to think that, uh, you know, we could have our own TV show just like them. And, uh, you know, now today, I realize that uh, it wasn't so funny. You know, it, it's a time in my life where we got through it, but uh, wasn't the ideal father son scenario. Outside of the shop, did you guys, you know, during those initial years, did
0: you guys have a relationship?
1: Um, not a whole lot. We uh, we worked a lot. He worked a lot. Um, I was young trying to, uh, you know, spend time with friends and, you know, chase girls. Um, so we didn't spend a whole lot of time together outside of the shop. It really was just, you know, a business relationship. And we missed out on a lot of those times where we should have been doing father and son stuff together. There's not too many times that, uh, I can remember that we did something outside of, you know, the holidays. What did that feel like? it was tough. You know, it, it, uh, it left me becoming a very independent person. I knew that, uh, I could rely on myself and I knew that I could make changes to improve my life. And I knew what to expect from him. And I, you know, sometimes I got to the point where I didn't expect too much. And I found myself really having to push hard to make the business a success and work hard to earn customers trust and kind of go above and beyond to take care of each person that came in the door.
0: You mentioned that your father struggled with drugs and alcohol. How did that play into how things were at the shop?
1: Um. The, the drug abuse was something that, you know, I didn't see. Um, I hadn't been around it. It was something happening kind of in the background. Um, it, it definitely was related to, you know, his heart attack. Um, I knew that he had, you know, uh, he enjoyed drinking. Um, he drank a lot when my parents were together and he drank plenty you know, when when the shop made some money, um, he definitely was was out late enjoying himself and he had made a name for himself, you know, to, to have a good time. And um, it uh, it definitely showed up in the shop and, you know, it wasn't something I was OK with. You know, I remember there was times where, you know, I found uh, when we first opened up the new shop, you know, there was a time where I found a bottle of booze in there and, uh, you know, it wasn't OK. You know, it wasn't a place to be drinking. It wasn't a place to have alcohol. And, uh, you know, it wasn't acceptable for me.
0: Yeah, it sounds like that, you know, you were trying to really professionalize the business, bring it, uh, you know, more, you were trying to modernize it more, trying to bring it to more of a polished level. And it sounds like that he was, you know, inadvertently just sabotaging that along the way for you. Is that true?
1: Yeah, to some extent, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think he was doing it on purpose by any means. Um, I think he just thought it was okay. You know, um, the, the shop that he was in before was a lot of hanging out with friends and, you know, guys would come down there and hang out and have a couple of beers and, you know, my dad would have a couple of beers with him. And, you know, it just, uh, when, when I signed on to, to come and help him, I mean, it was, it was all or nothing, you know, we weren't going to be running a business like that anymore. I wasn't going to be a part of it if we were Um, and it, it definitely um, it definitely was slowing down the success of the business and it was slowing down um, the potential that we had for the opportunities. So
0: when you would have these confrontations with him, you know, you, you find a beer, you know, he's bringing buddies by things that are just against your stance of what, how the business should be ran What were those confrontations like?
1: Well, I didn't have a whole lot of that going on when we opened up the new shop in 2006. It was really just prior to that. Um, But it it was uncomfortable, you know, it, uh, it was coming down to see my dad and, you know, he was having a good time with his friends or customers and, you know, it was awkward, you know, um, There was one point in time when I was down there when, you know, somebody that he helped that was a regular customer, you know, tried to sell me some some meth and, uh, you know, it really caught me off guard. You know, he thought that that was something that I was into and um, it just kind of blew me away that, you know, there'd be a customer or, you know, an acquaintance of my dad trying to get me involved with that stuff, you know. It was a real big eye opener,
0: did you confront your dad about that?
1: No, never did
0: so uh walk us through you know two thousand and nine, your dad asked you to take over the business uh, you know you you went on you know for years in that arrangement we we'll, i we'll talk about in a minute you know how that ended up, but you know during those years, you know when that new shop was open, you were trying to lay down the law. he had said, I want you to take over um you know what did that dynamic what did that dynamic look like day to day was he just you know trying to to get back power at different times you know was it a constant fight what did that look like
1: yeah i mean over time it it um it wasn't really a struggle of getting power back or not um it really was a lot of struggles of we should do this, or we should do that. And I wanted to do things one way. And he it seemed like wanted to do things the opposite way. Um, You know, you can get together with a couple of guys. And each guy has an opinion of how to do something. And they they each think they're right. And I find myself in these scenarios pretty often, throughout the course of time, owning the shop, where, you know, you get a couple of guys together to do something whether it be load a car on a trailer or you know tear a car apart or or take a motor out or, or whatever it may be and i mean once you get more than two guys standing there that have an opinion it's really hard to find a direction yeah. to go you know they each have their own very strong opinion of what is the right way of doing it and you know they feel strongly about it you know and it was a lot of that going on between my dad and myself over the years where I thought we should do it this way. And he thought we should do it his way. And, you know, my way was was not really considered. So between that, um, I think the other thing that was a really common struggle was, you know, just money. You know, the the shop never made a lot of money. Um we um, had plenty of months where we bought a car and fixed it up. And that was how we made the rent, you know. Um, Some months were great. Other months we scraped by and we got to the point where it's pretty consistent and we didn't have to do that anymore. Um, As I got more and more control and as I got more and more things figured out in the shop of, how to run the operation and, you know, I guess, you know, systems and a a plan of how to take care of each customer that came in and how to communicate what we found and what to come back for and what to worry about um, and how we saved the money and, you know, added value um, really started to project the business into another direction.
0: When did things come to a head where, where you knew that or maybe both of you knew that you couldn't continue on
1: this path? Um, you know, that, that really happened later on, you know, much later. I mean, you know, we're 2019, uh, 2020, um, really starting to add a lot of employees, um, really starting to have a lot of customers. And I really have a good handle on, what I want to see and how the day-to-day operations are going to look. Um, Follow-up times and what to communicate, what to say, what not to say, Um, not to talk about, you know, stuff going on in my personal life with employees and how to treat employees has been a really big um, struggle where, you know, he might just say something that's, that's not so okay with a customer or with, with an employee, I mean, and, um, kind of put me in a tough spot, you know, where, you know, I would never say that to an employee and, you know, got to the point where, you know, over the years it's, it it seems like it's really easy to fire somebody, but it's a lot harder to grow that employee and work with that employee and fix the issues instead of just getting mad and letting them go. We we seem to act like we can just do it ourselves or we can replace them or that what they did is unacceptable instead of thinking about it, being calm, working it out, um, learning from it and uh, really using all that information to make it go smoother next time. Did
0: you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust leads near me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling eight 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 nine five three two three seven nine. Leads Near Me. Effortlessly increase car count. So when did you realize that you had to have your dad move on and really step down from the business altogether?
1: In two thousand and twenty-one. I had a number of conversations with him about just not coming to the shop anymore. Um, we were I was really struggling on defining his role and figuring out where he could fit into the shop and be a part of it every day. Um, you know, he could help with this job and he could help with that job. Um, but as we've grown and gotten empl- employees, a lot of what I needed his help with was, Errands and what I did need is help with throughout the day started to be some of that stuff that the owner has to do that's not very rewarding. You know, it seems like the owner of a business sometimes is known as the guy at the back of the parade. Yeah. And some of the stuff that you do just isn't valued and maybe not respected. And asking him to do those things over time, definitely started to feel like it, what he added wasn't important and it started to weigh pretty heavy on him where, you know, he was tired of doing this measly stuff and I didn't have very many things for him to do in the shop that really added value to what he was doing, his health and his, you know, physical condition and being overweight and stuff over these years since, um, his heart attack really just left him in a place where he struggled to be in the shop. Um, And it, it, it made it very difficult for him to do some things on a car and it changed his position in the shop drastically over the years to where he would come in and, and you know, he could delegate, but I didn't want things delegated because you know, that was my job.
0: How many conversations do you think you had with him?
1: Um, I mean, it probably started before 2021. Um, but um, going back five years, probably 10, 15, probably more conversations than days that I was able to go spend with him, father and son, you know? And they always ended Horribly, you know, just screaming, yelling, cussing. And just, he didn't see my, he didn't see it from my angle. You know, he didn't understand where I was coming from.
0: What was that like emotionally when you just saw your relationship with
1: him continue to deteriorate? You know, it's hard, but uh, you get to the point where, you learn to live with it. I mean, you definitely uh, aren't looking to go do things with them outside of work. Um, you definitely lose some of the respect. And, you know, it was hard. After some pretty bad arguments, seemed like they are getting worse and worse. Um, I finally thought that I should sit down And put it all on paper. And I spent a couple of evenings just writing everything down. um, What was going on, what the problems were, um, kind of my vision, where the shop's going, um, not being able to figure out a role for him, um, understanding that I'm to the point where I've been to the point where I have enough employees to run the operation um the operation is running will run without his help um and also just you know coming to terms with he is he should be retired you know he's to the point where he has worked all of his life and he doesn't go and take vacations he doesn't go and take trips he doesn't go spend time with his friends we don't spend time with each other he doesn't spend a lot of time with my sister and that family time and you know it really was trying to push him to go be retired you know go do the things that you should be doing before it's too late and uh I gave him the letter and uh talked to him a couple days later and he finally started accepting it you know he wasn't happy yeah but He started to understand.
0: When did he stop working at the shop?
1: Late October, November of last year. Right when, right when I started the second shop.
0: When your father really stepped away and, and you had the ability to do things completely without interference, um, what's that done to your relationship with him? Has it improved? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. A whole lot. Um, found new respect for him and not, uh, not bitter with him when I see him not upset with him. Um, it's really changed things a lot. If someone listening is
0: going through a similar situation, what would be some recommendations that you would have for them to get started on the process of reclaiming their relationship with? their parent, um, if they find themselves in this situation?
1: Um, I think that, you know, if I could talk to somebody about it, I think it would just be communication. You know, it's, it's something that you struggle with, you know, being father and son or, or, you know, daughter and, and, and father or, or daughter and mother, you know, I think, I think it's just, uh, a a huge lack of communication you know i think it happens more so on the the guy's side of things than the woman's side of things um but just having time to to sit down and talk and explain what's going on and how things are going and what improvements can be made um how we're gonna grow as people and business owners um how we're gonna grow our relationship outside of the business um, what kind of things we can do and what kind of time we're going to set aside. Um, but I think there's something to be really said for for communication and identifying that there is actually a problem. you know, That seems to be something that's really hard to do where you just don't admit that there is an issue or recognize that there is a problem. Um and get both parties to you know really recognize it and continue to work on it. You know, I I just uh, was learning something the other day about how you know in a business a leader or a manager needs to do something or say something to his employees or his managers ten times before they take it seriously and it starts to become something that they believe is going to change in the business. And I think that that's similar in this way where with your relationships, you know, you might need to say it 10 times before they know that you're serious about it.
0: Bale, your story is a powerful one. And and there's a lot of things that, you know, in your business, you know, we didn't really dive into the business side a whole lot, you know, went well. I know you experienced a lot of growth, but that interpersonal side between your dad and had a lot of pain And I'm glad that, that you were able to break through with him and that he's doing better. Um, And as a result, you know, the business is even doing better and and your relationship is better. Uh, So I'm, I'm grateful, you know, that you were willing to come share the story. Um, What's next for you?
1: Um, I'm working on spending more time with my dad, um, riding motorcycles together, doing work on the house together. Um, I got my motorcycle endorsement last year, so that's been something we've been able to enjoy doing together. And, uh, I'm working on opening up, uh, another shop and, you know, whether it's shop number three or an upgrade from one of my current shops, um, I'm really trying to, uh, to put together, you know, my next level plan, you know, the, the perfect building and the perfect location, with the perfect customer base or um, demographics and uh, really get serious about what I'm doing so that I can compete with the, the big boys. Well, I think you're
0: well on your way, Bill. It's exciting, man. So I have one more question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be?
1: You know, I've always been really fond of some cars that are unique that you don't see all the time. And uh, a car I've held on to most of my life that I got as my third car was a 65 Mercury Comet. And uh, I think I think that probably would have to be it. I've held on to it all these years. I still have it today. And, um, you know, it's just something you don't see all the time. And it's unique.
0: I'd say that suits you well from uh from our conversations and, and our time together, man. I um yeah, I, I'm super honored that you spent your time on the show with us today and uh and took the time to to talk with us about you know something that wasn't super uh or something that was, you know, kind of a painful part of your life. And uh, I do believe that this is gonna help a lot of people. Bael, thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh for getting this story out there to uh, hopefully help other people understand what they can do to uh, to help their relationships.
0: That was my interview with Vale Arthur. I want this show to serve and impact as many people in our industry as possible. To help me in that mission, please leave us a review, subscribe to the show and tell others about us. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at thomas at slcautopodcast.com or call 615-656-8804. Thanks. Have a great week. No two shops are the same. That's why cookie cutter advice and coaching does not work. In order for your shop to get to the next level, you must have an action plan designed around your shop's unique needs. You'll also need accountability and encouragement along the way. Let ShopFix Academy help you create your best shop. Call 615 645 3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if Shop Fix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.